Hey everyone and welcome to 121 in Flux. I am Peter, that is Connor, and we talk about movies on this show. And in this episode, we are going back to a Patreon vote winner every month on patreon.com slash TV. Our $5 patrons get to vote between four films. And the theme for the vote for this month was our lord and saviour, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> and so yes, all four films John Wick 3 was coming out so why not pretty much that was the reason so all four films featured keanu reeves and amusingly the the oddball pick which was probably the least keanu reeves movie in that well, pick, we just needed to fill out the numbers yeah was the one that won and that is the gift from 2000 which is a sam raimi directed film which i'd forgotten about actually uh, and didn't even notice in the credits because i guess i just was looking away when the director's credit came up uh, I just noticed there on IMDb, although it makes sense because Aunt May, who from Spider-Man's in this, in a small role, so clearly he met her on this film and went, you know what, I like you. You want to be Aunt May? Uh, yeah, yeah. Not, not, not the only uh, casting choice that carried across. Uh, who else was there? J.K. Simmons was in there. Oh, sure, you're right. Hi, J.K. Simmons. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's the first thing I'd say about this movie is that it's filled with people you know. Like, yeah, it's like stacked. we have Kate Blanchett, Giovanni Ribisi, Keanu Reeves, Katie Holmes, Greg Kinnear, Hilary Swank, J.K. Uh, Simmons, Rosemary Harris is, is Aunt May. And then I'd also add on to that, I didn't know her name, but uh, the, the, the friend Linda's Kim Dickens, who I've seen like a, in a bunch of stuff. She sure, was, yeah. She was yeah, on she Lost, was she was in Gone Girl, she was in a bunch, bunch of shit, tons yeah. of stuff. It is a stacked cast. Absolutely stacked. Uh, which is why it's amazing that it's such a mediocre to bad movie. I, I would go and say outright terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean that's the that's that's that question answered. Uh, <laughs> Joe, it's funny because I saw this just uh, after. I, I just say I've been waiting since six a.m. to rant about this movie. I saw this maybe around like two thousand two ish. You know, it was on cable or whatever on the sure. movie channels. And I vaguely remembered it being okay, you know, if not kind of liking it. But keep in mind, in 2002, I was 13, right? Yes, you didn't know any better. Right? And I didn't remember anything much about it outside of uh, she she had, like, you know, she was like a psychic. <laughs> that was that was it. Kate Blanchett's the main character, of course, so she's like a psychic. Uh, she does readings for people and, you know, does the cards and fortunes and all that, all that jazz. And... I'm watching this movie, and right from the get-go, it feels a little bit just lacking subtlety is the first thing I'd say before we get to <laughs> anything else. Like it's very and and you know on the nose about what it's doing. It's very obvious where it's going with a lot of things. There's a scene about thirty forty minutes into it that legitimately made me laugh out loud unintentionally. There's a is scene... it a spoiler to say which scene it is? I don't think so. It's, it's, it's a scene where I'll just say Keanu Reeves talks to one of Kate Blanchett's kids and yes. there's there's a, an altercation of sorts and Giovanni Rubisi shows up. This scene, for whatever reason, just really made me start laughing. <laughs> it was I was mouth agape in like, what the hell is happening in this scene? It's it's a roller coaster. We can't really talk about it properly till spoilers, but I just so we'll get back to it. But I, I just want to say that I, I started laughing during this scene. And here's the sad thing: is we we watched the the, the three Rami Spider Man films, uh, probably two years ago now. Was it that long? Yeah, yeah, because Homecoming was two years ago. It was for Homecoming coming out. Shit, we did them for Homecoming. Yeah. 
God damn, I thought that was only like a year ago we watched those. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that was two years ago. Uh, time flies, and I think I think the sad truth of the matter is is that I think outside of the Evil Dead movies, I don't think I like Sam Raimi that much. <laughs> I, I I was thinking that as well because I knew going in this was Raimi. Yeah, unlike you, clearly. Yes. And I was like, okay, I mean, I I I, I was a bit down on Spider Man movies last time we watched them, but mm-hmm. they're not terrible, and I like Evil Dead. So I thought, yeah, I mean, maybe you know, maybe this will be alright. And then I and now I come out and I'm like, no, I don't like Sam Raimi anymore. Just I'm just putting that out there. I, I like. I think I even like Spider Man Three more than this. It's definitely more entertaining, <laughs> without doubt. Spider Man One and Two for sure, but like, oh yeah, and and yeah. we were not super positive on those, were we? No, no. I mean, Two's got some good action stuff. He's, he, I mean, that's maybe what I'd say about Sam Raimi. He's good at action scenes. This, of course, has zero action scenes. Therefore, his strengths are not in display at all. And here's the other thing. What I like from Sam Raimi is when he's doing the horror comedy, because I like Evil Dead 2. I like Evil Dead 3. That's what I like from Sam Raimi. I like the first one as well. Uh, but 2 and 3 are typically considered to be better, and I think it's because it veers a bit more into comedy. This movie is dealing with a lot of really serious topics. It's dealing with a, a lot of serious drama, and... I just don't think Sam Raimi knows how to do that. No, because like you say, it comes off as laughable, and not intentionally. Not in oh hey we're 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 being satirical and funny with this drama. It's like no, this is supposed to be proper drama, and it's just it's just terrible. Yeah, I think the old sort of like face value thing I have to complain about before anything else is that this is set in the south, and everyone has a southern accent, including yeah. Keanu Reeves. Well, he's trying to do a southern accent at the very least. Yes, he's also dropping some slurs. Oh, lots of slurs, yeah. He's he's, he's like a proper full-on redneck. Like that's, yeah. that's what he is. Um, and obviously some are better than others. The one that stuck out to me more than any, though, that where I actually couldn't believe this was a scene in a movie, and I'm like, they thought this take was okay, is, uh, is Katie Holmes. Uh, oh. Early on, Greg Kinnear introduces Katie Holmes as his fiance. He's the teacher at the school. Kate Blanchett's kids go there. And he's like, oh, this is my fiance, And she's just got this really stereotypical Southern like accent. But it, it it sounds like a kid in a high school play doing a, a voice. It does. And, and we don't really like Kate Holmes at the best of times. This movie has not done her any favours. No, no, she's she's pretty terrible in this movie. I don't think she's always terrible, but I think she's terrible in this no, movie. No, but she's... she's... Even at her best, she's like, eh, she's all right. Sure. Uh, but this, this was terrible. I mean, she's not the only person who's terrible, though, so, I mean... Well, I mean, no one in this movie has one of their good performances, right? Some some of them are good enough that they don't come off too badly in this, but this is not the best of J.K. Simmons. This is not the best of Kate Blanchett. This is not the best of, of who else to say, Hilary Swank, Giovanni B.C. This is not the best... Or the main man, Keanu Reeves. Or, or the main man, Keanu Reeves, who, who's the reason why we watched this. <laughs> it's not his best performance. And arguably, yeah. Keanu Reeves is not a man that you go to for performances per se. He's, he is a bit wooden in places. That's not that's not sure cut it. But he has charisma, yeah. and when he's in the right sort of action role, he comes across very well. He, he's... Isn't it weird that he's so charismatic, yet wooden? Like That, that sounds contradictory. It, it should, but like clearly, clearly there's some nuance here that, that we can't just label and he, yeah. he, I like him in Speed. I like him in The Matrix. I like him in John Wick. In these movies, he fits his roles well and they work. And it's like, no, he's right for what he's doing here. Um, yeah. 
And there's times at this when he's doing his southern voice, and all it, it almost just sounds like his character from Bill and Ted, which is the the thick Californian, uh, you know, you know, dude, right. like, yeah. like there was almost times where it almost sounded like he was doing that, and it just it, it was really taking me out of it. And I feel bad, I feel bad, because it's funny because he's got the long hair in this. So he's like, this is probably the most John Wicky looks in any of his movies outside of actual John Wick. It is, yeah. He's got the beard and the long hair. Yeah. Uh, but it's just it's over, everyone's overacting, and I don't blame the actors for this. This, this is probably direction. This is probably direct because everyone is overacting and it's hammy and it's cheesy. Yeah. If it was one or two, you might blame the actor, but it's so across the board that it's everyone. It's clearly, yeah, it's clearly instructed. This is so in your face with what it's doing. You know, early on, I don't want to spoil it to say that Katie Holmes' character is cheating on Greg Kinnear. Like very early on, it's like, you know, she's flirting with men in front of him, and then we see her having sex with someone. Like in the very next scene. It's just, it's so in your face with what it's doing. Uh, it's it's hard to take any of it with any weight or like, you know, treat it with seriousness. It's, it's so hard because this is so hard to take this movie serious because there are points where it tries to pretend to deal with, you know, serious topics, right? Uh, you know, you know we, we're talking like, you know, uh, you know, abuse and stuff like that. The domestic abuse specifically, Keanu Reeves' character is like, yeah, you know, and doing that very right from the start. Yeah, and it's so hard to take it seriously when everything in the movie is just telling me not to take this movie seriously. Yeah, yeah, as well as things where the scenes, like they're uncomfortable and in parts just because the actions themselves are uncomfortable. But every time he speaks, <laughs> it kind of it gets worse. It takes away from it a little bit, uh, and then then you've got other scenes where it just you know it it, it doesn't it doesn't work and i you know and obviously her having this ability that she's kind of psychic and she does these readings and you know Keanu Reeves is calling her a witch and all the rest of it i mean the actual main plot of this movie is that uh someone turns up dead and the police having no other place to look to ask her for help and she kind of leads them to Keanu Reeves backyard has has pawned and it's kind of from there, kind of the the investigation and the the aftermath of this, and yeah, you know, do you it, know what I think might be some of the worst scenes in this movie? Sure, the courtroom. Mm-hmm. It's like every legal drama, but oh, but you're a psychic, <laughs> and it was terrible. Like every every other sentence came down to that. In, in the courtroom yeah it was yeah the prosecutors trying to make fun of her for being a psychic or, or sorry defense rather and then the, the the prosecutor uh just tries his best to make her sympathetic so it, it, it passes it's it, it's a frustrating it's a really frustrating movie uh this this sad truth is is it's just not that good this it's, was such a disappointing way to start my day this morning it's, it's a it's a pretty dire time uh, and if you have fond memories of this, like honestly, go back and watch it again. I I don't. Oh, think... No, no, don't don't do that. Keep your memories. Don't ruin it for yourself. No, I think if you watch this again, you're you're going to see a lot of schlocky editing. You're going to see a lot of schlocky moments where you know we're, we're again we're dealing with serious topics. We're dealing with domestic abuse, but we get these really schlocky scenes. Uh, there's moments where she has visions where we get these like quick close-ups that sort of like track into her face and then cut to something else, and it's like that's that's a cut from an Evil Dead movie. Why is it in this? Yeah, it feels so out of place. It's it's dealing with you know it it's poking at uh, you know some child abuse, mm-hmm. and it's just played 
to a ridiculous degree that like I know what it's saying, I get what what it's doing, but I what I can't I can't comprehend what it's actually showing me. It's so ham fisted. It's not so much that it does anything specifically. Like it doesn't say anything specifically controversial about it or anything like that. It's it's just the overacting and the extreme nature of what the scenes are around this topic are just so over the top that it's hard to just not look at it and go, this is ex- exploitive in some way. It feels like they're all just exploiting this topic for easy drama as opposed to actually me- meaning anything or having weight in the, the characterization or yeah. And um, else. Every quote-unquote twist wasn't a twist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I forgot there was going to be a murder, right? So I wasn't really thinking about it right away. Because I didn't, I forgot there was going to be one. <laughs> you forgot but, what the premise of the movie was. <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't bother checking it before I watched that again. <laughs> um, I don't blame you. But as soon as, as soon as there was a murder and there was a really obvious suspect, I went, I bet, I bet it's, I bet it's this person. Yeah. And would you believe it? <laughs> yeah. It was exactly and, that person. And oh my, the the very final twist, the 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 post killer twist. Genuinely oh, yeah. <laughs> made me laugh at how much of a non-twist it was, <laughs> and how ridiculous is it to see. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I hate to be reading this movie. Sam Raimi gave me Evil Dead Two and One and I Three, I, but I, I really like Evil Dead Two. I like well, yeah, One and Three as well, but Two is a great movie. That's and weird. then, and then there's this. <laughs> Because I, 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 a lot of horror fans do like Drag Me to Hell, but I, I never get into Drag Me to Hell. I couldn't, I couldn't get into it. I never saw it. I'll be honest with never you. Never clicked. Uh, Oz the Great and the Powerful was garbage. Yep. Uh, and it was just a remake of Evil Dead Three. If you actually look at those plots side by side, it's the exact same plot beats. He goes to a land that's different, you know, aka the past. He uses his tools and tricks to teach them how to fight against the evil army. It. it he even goes there at the start and they send him off on a journey. Remember Ash going to get the, the book? Been setting off hey, to get look, that. If you've got one good idea, make it last. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even... <laughs> oh my god. Uh... I, I, I don't... I'm genuinely struggling to think if there is a single other Raimi film that I would say I actually like outside of uh, Evil Dead. I'm going to check. I'm going to check. I'm, I'm having a quick scan as well because I'm not sure that there is, to be honest with you. Oh God, he's doing the King Killer Chronicles. That's disappointing. <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't remember disliking Dark Man. It's been a long time, admittedly. <laughs> yeah, well, you didn't remember disliking this until the today. That's true. I mean, got Liam Neeson in it though, and it's meant to be kind of pulpy. Oh, I'm sorry. Has this not got a great cast? <laughs> Okay, but Dark Man by its nature, I think, is supposed to be pretty pulpy, so it may, it may lend itself but, to, yeah. Yeah. to I Rami's can't say I've seen it thing, myself, but I, mean, I, I don't disagree with you. I thought, I'm just going to click on director. I'm one producer here. Yeah. He's the, the World War Three. Um, okay, whatever that is. Wait, he went from... This into Spider-Man. Yeah, he. it felt like he didn't do a whole lot between uh, uh, Drag Me to Hell and then Osgrid Purple. Bit of a gap there. Anyway... Quick and the Dead I've not seen. Simple Plan I've not seen. I'm sure I've heard people say they like a simple plan. I never hear anyone talk about the Quick and the Dead, though. No. 
And I never hear anyone talk about Crime Wave, which is really the only other feature length that looks normal. I'd say we'll do it at some point, but I'm not sure I really want to watch any more Raimi movies. It's got a meta score of 34, so we'll pass. <sighs> What's Darkman's score, actually? 6.4 IMDb. That's not terrible. I didn't even look at the IMDb score. I don't even know how I'm on it. I just saw a big red box. Uh, Crime Wave has a 5.8 IMDb. Oz the Great and the Powerful has a 6.3. No, that's, that's... So what, what does this have for context? Right, for context, the gift, IMDb is a 6.7 and its meta score is 62. People are far too generous on this movie. Ooh. Oh, yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. <laughs> um, I mean, do we do spoil? I mean, is there else we want to talk about spoiler free before we start talking about the? It. See, I can't remember. There was when I was watching earlier. Obviously, the music was playing. I was singing it for about three hours because it's from something else, and I I never quite got to what it was. <laughs> uh, I'd have to listen to it again now. But I just want people to know it was bugging me for about four hours of my day until I actually listened to other music. And now I can't remember it. Heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. It was really annoying. Yeah, so we'll do spoilers. Full spoilers for the gift. I So the scene I was talking about earlier, the one that like I was trying to like be positive. I was trying to like get into it. I was trying to like sort of you know take Change your mind on Right. And the the scene I was talking about that made me burst out laughing when I realized this is just really bad. <laughs> like I can't I I can't swing it any other way. Um and keep in mind, at, at, but at this point, we'd already had the scene where Keanu Reeves comes to drag his wife out of the house and like threaten uh, Kate Blanchett, and ah, if she ever comes near again, or you try and convince her to leave me, you know, I'll kill you, you bitch, or whatever he says. I can't remember what his dialogue was, but you know, something awful, probably. Yeah, and he literally drags his wife, played by Hilary Swank, out of the house like by foot, you know, by her foot, and she's like going through paint. It's like is this really over the top scene? But there's this scene where he pulls up next to one of the because Blanchett has three sons, and one of them's walking to the neighbor across the road to ask for some icing because the little brother ate all the icing out of the can. <laughs> oh, icing's great. I can't blame him. Um, Kids got taste. Yeah, frosting specifically. Lovely. Um, oh no, I pre- I prefer the the kind of the thicker icing that you can chew a little bit. Oh no no no! I like I love the like, edges. A, like a roll of icing. Oh no, the edges, the the frosting and the edges of a cake. That's... No, that, that's really good as well. Don't get me wrong, but I think just like you know, like a roll of icing that you can just chew on. That's that's the good stuff. Aye. <laughs> so, Carries pulls up in his truck. By the way, he's got like a buddy in the other seat. The passenger seat's filled, but you know, filled. I might say. Um, but he's like, "Hey, you, your so and so's boy, you're walking out somewhere." And he's asking questions. It's like, hey, is my wife, you know who my wife is? Has she been to see your mum recently? And when the kid's too scared to answer, he gets angry. He goes, I asked you a question, boy. And he throws his hat at him. And then he's like, pick up my hat. And he, he goes to give him his hat and he grabs his arm. And it's like... But that's not what... I wasn't laughing yet, right? This was, it's a no, bad no, scene. This is, this is already bad, but it's not funny yet. Yeah. And then Giovanni Ribisi, who... His character is... We'll talk about him in full in-depth later, yeah. but let's just say he's disturbed. He, but he, he's someone who likes his, uh, the kid's mother. He likes Blanchett. He sees her as a friend. He comes out and says, hey, is everyone okay? And he comes up, and he comes. He brings a tire iron with him. And as soon as the kid's like, sort of been let go and he, he backs away from the thing, uh, you know, he goes and hides behind Rubisi's truck, and he's just he starts smashing to shit 
the the Keanu Reeves the window truck. and the car yeah. and just the the, the wing mirror. And I was amused here, but this is not. So between the smashing the truck, I, I was already laughing at the demented smashing. I'm not gonna lie. I was laughing a little bit. Not because of what he was doing, more so that this was what A, he immediately jumped to, and B... It came out of nowhere, right? And B, that he's doing this in front of the kid, which was yeah. which is the part, which is why the next part to me was hilarious, because Keanu pulls out a revolver, pulls out a gun, and he points at him, and Giovanni Rubisi, we've already heard, has got a bit of a suicide kind of wish, and he goes up and presses his head against the gun, like and he says, "Good, do it, do it, kill me, do it." He's you know, he's Shoot basically me. yeah. He's, he's doing Arnold from Prey. like, "I'm I'm right here, you're killing me. I'm right here, he do is, it, yeah. right." And I'm like, "So you you're saving this kid by getting yourself shot in front of him. You don't think this is going to cause like traumatic scarring to the young boy?" <laughs> and I just started laughing. It was just it was so over the top and and insane. I yeah, no, it was terrible. This this was. This was the first truly laughably bad scene. This was, yeah, this was this was laughably bad. Because it was bad. awkwardly bad before that. Awkwardly bad, and then it went to laughably bad, and that that is kind of the thing. And um, yeah, so basically, Kate Holmes like goes missing, and they go to Blanchett because, to figure out what's because, of course, the police do. Yeah, because they've already searched everything that they feasible so it's like okay and she describes like enough that it's not but it's not enough yeah she's and... like oh it's it's a, it's a fence and there's some white flowers yeah. I'm like yeah all right that helps and jk simmons who's the sheriff is like ah fat light help that did but then she has like a nightmare the next night and then sees like a vision of her of kate holmes you know floating in water in her tree with a chain yeah, wrapped around she got her. that when she when she first was you know when, when she was introduced in the school they're like oh do you think we'll uh you know have a life, long happy life together <laughs> and she looks at her and she's all drowning yeah so they find the body at uh you know Keanu Reeves's pond Keanu's pond yeah, yeah. Uh, which leads to Keanu Reeves showing up mid-scene and punching Kate Blanchett in the stomach <laughs> yep why are you in laughing? front of all the police yeah yeah. why are you laughing so hysterically at that Connor just because the the absurdity of, of where it came out of like you know, it came out of nowhere it just he just does it. I'm like, what, what's going on? It's just, it's not to me. It's not, it's, it's not the absurdity of him doing the punch. Like, given his temperament and what we've seen from, it makes sense that he would. What strikes me as odd in the scene is that he walks from the sheriff who he's talking to to Kate Blanchett, who's on like the, the little dock on the in okay. the pond. Yeah, and it's like a good like fifteen twenty steps. Like he has to like properly no, walk no around. Stops him. He, he's walking with intention and he's shouting, "You!" And no one tries to intervene and stop him. That's the part to me that I don't get. Why the sheriff and the, the deputies that are there don't yeah. think maybe we should maybe step in between these two people and just stop him from attacking someone. Is, I mean, <laughs> I just, it's the whole thing. So then we get the extended part of the movie where they're in court. And of course, the lawyer that's uh, prosecuting them was the guy that we saw her having sex with <laughs> earlier yep. on in the movie. And he is a bit of a sleazeball, but he's like, hey, you're going to have to tell me like how this all works because I can't have any surprises, anything like that. Um, and he like, makes a cry on, on the stand and she's bawling her eyes out. He's like, oh, yeah, that's not how this works. If you think I'm having fun here, I'm not having fun. Because one of the things I keep bringing up to her is that her husband died in like a, an explosion like a year ago, like where he works. Which ultimately doesn't matter at all. No, it, it kind of does because it, the arc of the film is that she 
she's avoiding dealing with it because the, the film ends with her taking her sons to the grave but she's been avoiding doing so the, the, like i'm not saying it works but you say it doesn't matter i'm saying that's the entire point of the movie is that she's not dealing with that and she's she's not getting over it or she's okay, not accept that i understand what you're saying i just didn't feel that was really in there I mean, I agree it's a fault of the script, but I I think it's wrong to say that it didn't matter because the end of the film clearly okay. thinks it mattered. Okay, it should have mattered. And the film thinks it mattered, but it didn't matter. Ultimately, the, yeah, but, but it's in the context of the movie it did, though. Like, like... Like you, you can sure. see, you can see that doesn't matter, but it's, it's, it, it, it equally not matters as much as everything else doesn't matter. But if we're talking about what the intentions of the film are... It, it does. Sure. It's clearly supposed to matter. It's supposed to be the main thematic linchpin of her character, yeah. um, and because they all say, "Oh, why didn't you see that your husband was you know blah 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 blah." Yeah, and she's already told someone that she kind of did the night before. She had a dream, and she's like, "Hey, don't go to work," and then he went to work anyway. Yeah, like it wasn't specific. It's... I'm sure. I'm sure if she said, "I saw an explosion and you're going to die," but she was just like, "No, I get a bad feeling about this." Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, and and obviously she feels guilt for not, no, trying harder. Yes, and that's why Gino, Giovanni Ribisi's character is in the the movie because this is someone else. She's kind of trying to help, but she ultimately kind of ignores him because it's inconvenient. And then things get really bad. The idea that he then represents, much like her husband, someone that she could have helped if if she had tried more and didn't. And then at the end of the film, she gets kind of closure because she finds out that he doesn't blame her. Yeah, yeah. And even saves it's, it's her. This, it's this kind of weird thing where the whole thing is is her failing him by not actually paying any attention, but it's okay because he saves her anyway. I, I I think there's some mixed messaging there for me. Um, I why are you making me defend it? I, I feel like you're just no, no, because it, it <laughs> felt like a very one-sided, right? You know, he keeps talking about how you know she's you know he, he that they're, they're friends, you know that she's his friend, but she obviously doesn't see him as a friend. At, at no point did that come across to me. Maybe well, no, that's no, 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 no. You're you're being too pedantic with the meaning of the terms here. Like she, she doesn't see him as a typical friend, no. But she, she does genuinely want to help, and she says these things to try and help him because she does care. But then when everything else starts going on, she starts to ignore him because sure. you know it's it's a big deal in her family, and people are sneaking into her house and leaving messages and all sorts. The 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 point of the character is that. He doesn't blame her, right? Because because the big twist at the end of the movie is after she realizes that Greg Kinnear is really the killer, right? The the fiance killed killed her because she was having an affair. And you're making me jump ahead here. You explain this. Multiple affairs. Multiple affairs. You know she's she's in danger. Uh, Kinnear's going to kill her, and then I don't know where Giovanni Ribisi shows up and hits him with a flashlight and saves her. And they drive back to the police station, of course, and it's, she's like, you're going to have to, you know, go back. And he's like, I know. And he gives her back the, the, the her kid's, like, uh, handkerchief or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, this little blanket thing that she gave him earlier on and says, no, don't worry. And, and he reiterates, you've been a friend to me. You cared about me when no one else did. Uh, and it's, it's kind of this closure because she then goes in, of course, finds out from the sheriff that it couldn't have been him that helped her because he's been dead since six o'clock. He hung himself and in hospital and we'll talk about yep. why he's in hospital in a minute so i don't think it's i think it's poorly done i, th- I think the like i don't think it's a one-sided thing i think it's like yeah she she could have helped more towards the end and didn't 
but this is him saying don't feel guilty about that like you did better than anyone else did it's giving her this forgiveness essentially it's not it's not letting her off the hook it's just that's fair i i think i i, I obviously agree with what you say about the intention but just not how it comes in the film is it I, well i always got the intention of what they were doing and I, I was never confused as to what they were trying to do the the, the problem is is that the scene where she, you know, she leaves the car to go to the police station, I'm like, why not just have him walk in with you? I thought that was kind of weird. But it, it ends on this kind of shot where it's just like, the camera's looking at him in the car, looking out the window. And I'm like, yeah, yeah he's dead. He's not real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, sure, so sure enough, like we find that out. Um, and the reason, of course, we talked earlier on about how there's some, ins- not insensitive, but just how it handles child abuse storylines. Yeah. So throughout the film, we hear him, every comes up and talks to her, Rubisi says things like, you know, he's contemplated suicide, uh, I need you to help me figure out why I feel the way I do, why I think the things I think. And at one point after court, and this is where this is the scene where she properly says, can you leave me alone for a while because like I've got a lot of my own stuff going on. And she does it in the nicest way possible. She tries to be nice about it, but yeah. um, he says, I think of my father when I touch myself. I think about what he did and I touch myself. That's what he says. And... That line kind of does come out of nowhere and feels shock value. It feels very, like... Oh. Yeah, because there's a few times before where he talks about, you know, she's like, right, you got to deal with whatever's going on with you and, you, you and your dad, you know, why you hate him. You know, she keeps saying, oh, you know, one of the first readings she's... Just... And, and I thought, okay, I get what this is doing because it was really blunt and obvious mm-hmm. from the first thing is, oh, he took something from you. And I was like, oh, God, we're going down this route already. And and he's like, I mean, he took some toys away from me. And she's like, no, it's not that. It's something more. I'm like, oh, God. I, well, there's nothing wrong with doing a plot like this. No, the... no, but already at this point in the movie, I was kind of like, eh, okay. And then, so so she gets called in the middle of the night because he's went, you know, crazy, essentially, and tied up his dad to a chair in the, the backyard and is basically hitting him with a belt, you know, whipping him. Yeah. And when she, when Blanchette tries to intervene, he whips her, and then he starts pouring gasoline all over him, and he does set yep. him on fire. Yep. And this and because uh, all, all throughout the, the you know the, the scenes between them before, he talks about you know the the blue diamond. Mm. That's all you know. All he pictures are the oh you know look he's got a tattoo of a diamond. Yeah, and he he sets him on fire, and it seems like he doesn't quite kill him. You know, like obviously police and ambulance yeah. and everything are called, and it's hard to tell. But he's 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 on a stretcher at the end, and it 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 feels so over the top. And I wasn't laughing during the scene because the the subject is t- is just too dark to ever kind of even have any yeah. humor in it, right? Like, but it is really over the top. And Giovanni Ribisi's character is just so overwritten and so cartoonishly broken, which would probably be fine if we spent an entire movie just with him sort of exploring why he is this way and if the... but he's just this kind of side plot that's yeah. just every so often pops into the movie and does something a bit crazy yeah um and it, it it's it's yeah, it's rough I, I i don't even know what you say about him um you know and then greg kinnear and kate blanchett have this chemistry and even our friends like hey you two kind of are into each other uh, despite the fact that he's getting married and she's like, ah, shut up. No, no, we're not. Don't, don't be ridiculous. And they do have this chemistry every time they're together. 
Uh, and all because you, you kind of realize what he's doing then because she goes over to him after the, the trial and she's like, I don't think it was actually Reeves who did this. I don't think Keanu actually, and I'm using the actor names because it's just easier. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was Reeves that did this. And he's like, oh God, I want this to be done. And he starts asking questions and he goes with her to the scene of the crime. So she he, may- he kind of encourages her to go there. Yeah. Because, uh, um, at first she's like, oh, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I got a dream that it was someone else kind of, you know, right. This feeling. And, the the police are like, look, you know, case is closed. We just just leave it. And he could have just left it, but he goes over. It's like, look, I think if you go out there, if you come out there with me, you might trigger something, and we'll we'll find out the truth together. I think ultimately he just wants to trigger while they're on their own in case she does realize it's him, and if if so, yeah, take care of it. Uh, which is ultimately what because she just gets images. She eventually sees him, and he's aware that she sees it. And attacks, pretends that he's not going to, but ultimately does, uh, and that's the scene. I think I I don't actually think there's anything conceptually wrong necessarily with what the movie's trying to do. I think the problem is the script. The problem is how it's directed. It feels far too quick paced in some of the stuff that it's doing. I feel like you could almost just take one element of this movie and just make a whole movie out of it and just have that be the, the drama that you're trying yeah, to make either the, the murder you know or just you know uh Rubisi's character like you know it doesn't need all of these things yeah i mean i, I think Rubisi's character could work as like a, a side plot to tie into what the main character is going through and what it means to her but i think he has to be toned down i think it has to be less cartoony essentially it has to be a bit more nuanced a bit more do, do you know what surprised me about his character is they never actually played up the um you know the the, the red herring angle that felt like the obvious thing they were not to do. not to the characters they kind of play up to us at one point though because I think he's an obvious other suspect, right? Because he is kind of crazy. Uh, but yeah. the one moment that kind of plays up to us, though, is when she first gets starts getting flashes when she's going to the crime scene. We actually get a shot of like him hitting someone with a flashlight as if... Yeah, it... we do. That's, that's the only time it does it, though. And it's quite late in the movie by that point to be yeah. introducing a red herring. Which... Um... Which I, I, I guess... Because I think the other red herring is the lawyer, right? Like, I feel like... Yeah, I feel I feel like you have all these characters who theoretically can be red herrings, but it never really feels like they are. It always just kind of feels like no, there's the person that everyone thinks done it because he's an asshole, and then there's clearly that's that's the one person it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, and I, I felt like don't get me wrong, doing you know red herrings is arguably a bit cliche, but I feel like if you're doing a murder mystery, which is you know ultimately what this is, they probably should have some, so it's not just oh yeah, it's that guy. Right, you know that's that's boring. Uh, so at least if there are some plausible red herrings, it's it's a little bit more interesting. Of okay, could it be this guy, or oh, maybe it's them? Whereas you never really question it at all in this movie. It's just yeah, it's 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 it's, it's fine. And I feel like the interesting elements, because I mean, there's a reason why typically when there's a, a wrongly convicted person and it's like a mystery, we usually care about the character who's wrongly convicted. In this case, we don't, because he's. A, so let's just assume that everything else was working and was good. We wouldn't care yeah. about him because he's an awful person, right? I, I think the interesting part of the story then, for me, would be the the realization and decision after the fact that hey, we can. I mean, he's he's horrible, but he's not but actually he didn't guilty. Do that, yeah. yeah. Like there's there's something to be said about maybe the guilt that comes with that, or maybe the trying to like 
how about a scene where she goes and apologizes to him how about a scene i don't know yeah like this this thing like you say you know trying to free someone who has been wrongly convicted even though they are a terrible person and deserve to be imprisoned for other things yeah there's there's drama to be had there like that that's more interesting to me at that point in the movie than oh let's go and have a creepy scene with greg kinnear where he he looks kind of (laughs) dodgy for a little bit and it's all dark i mean you just summed up about half the movie (laughs) <laughs> let's have a creepy scene with fill in the blank <laughs> oh dear yeah that's just not good co-written by Billy Bob Thornton that was a random thing to look over and see <laughs> it was wasn't it <laughs> with, with, with Raimi no no with uh, someone named Tom Epperson so Remy never wrote okay. this. Okay. I mean, doesn't absolve him of any blame. I'm curious, so what else has he written? That's Sling Blade. He wrote that. A family thing. The gift, Daddy and them. Jane Manf- Mansfield's car. Yeah, I'm not familiar with most of these, but I was just curious to see what else he'd written. I was just checking which things of Raimi's he actually wrote. Because obviously I know he'd written some stuff. It seems to be the, you know, the Evil Deads, Darkman, and then a bunch of Xena. Yeah, yeah, he was like a producer on that show. Yeah. But, you know, um, and then Drag Me to Hell he wrote. Yeah, I'm not sure I ever want to watch a Raimi movie ever again, outside <laughs> of Evil Dead. It's going to happen. Why? Because no, no, it's this... He's doing this goddamn King Killer Chronicle that I actually want to see because I, I know what that is. Yeah, but on top of that, now we've had this rant about the gift, but people are going to watch the Raimi movies. <laughs> but to this one, this is the one that proves that he's that he's uh, a great filmmaker. <laughs> They're going to want us to do Drag Me to Hell, aren't they? No, that's a mean Tim movie. We can't do that one. That's, good. that's true. I don't have to watch that one. It's a horror movie. Darkman, no. That, that's definitely our fair game for, for us. I can't shaft that one onto Tara, can I? It's not sci-fi. Can we pretend? Much like her trying to get Creed onto the sci-fi show, it just doesn't fit, all right? It just doesn't fit. <laughs> does Does she realize you could just stick this overlay on and do Creed with her at some point? <laughs> I hadn't suggested that. Maybe I will. So if you really want to do Creed. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. I got no interest in Creed. Yeah. You, you're welcome to it, Tara. <laughs> Oh dear. Um, her argument was that wait, there's there's like a spin-off sequel to like six Rocky movies, and it's actually good. How is that not science fiction? <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty good argument. <laughs> there was a robot in Rocky Four. We could have made an argument for that one. And th- therefore, the whole universe <laughs> is now sci-fi. <laughs> Oh dear. Um, nah, the, the gift is a rough, rough time. I, I like. 
It's a bad movie. I don't like it. <laughs> it's a really bad movie. Oh, I'm so glad because I was watching it. I woke up stupidly early. I thought I'll watch it before work. Bad idea. Um, but I thought I was watching this and going, I really hope Pete doesn't like this because <laughs> I don't know what to say to him. <laughs> like, if you do like this, have you watched it in the last five years? If the answer to both those questions is yes, why? Please, why? I like. I think what I was feeling a lot during this as well is how dated it feels, just in terms of its techniques and how it's edited and how it feels. And yeah, because it's like you know, it's it's two thousand. There are movies from around that period that feel so much more advanced. Yeah, this this feels like a a movie from nineteen ninety four. And not a good yeah. movie from the. I'm not. I'm not saying it feels like Pulp no, Fiction and. No, but it, it does feel Shawshank. early nineties, right? Yeah, it feels like an early nineties thriller that's like a like a based on a a paperback that people read in the airport. That's not that good, but it just I mean, it sold a lot of copies because people read a, a you know a little plot boiler. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly the type of of book and film you're on about. <laughs> that's what it feels like to me. Um, yeah, and. There's, there's very little redeeming about it. Like the most redeeming thing is just being amazed at all these, for the most part, pretty good actors just overdoing it and doing these accents and feeling that's, like it's... That's what I mean. Like you, you tell me, oh, there's a, this, this cast and the premise is inherently fine. I feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm down for that movie, which is pretty how it got made. Uh, and then you watch it and you get this... I mean, if you really want to see Kate Holmes boobs, I mean, <laughs> you've got that. I mean, sure, but if if you're that desperate, just Google it, please. D don't sit through two hours of this. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the one, one thing I could say, maybe, that's objectively just kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> objectively interesting. Not, not even necessarily objectively good. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I have never watched a movie because someone gets naked at it. I'm just saying that some people no, might be attracted to that. It's like, oh, some someone gets naked in this. You know, it's true. But thankfully, we grew up in the age of the internet and didn't have to worry about that. True, true. Um. Anyway, I, I, I got nothing left to say. Yeah, I this. think we're done. Uh, what are you rating the gift? Uh, three. Yeah, three sounds about right. I think lower than that doesn't apply because it still feels like a studio-produced movie that has money it's, behind it's it. It's just about enough technical competency. Yes, even though I do think there's some really dodgy edits in terms of... It, yeah, it's it's inappropriate editing, but it's yes. still competent in terms of, okay, someone at least knew how they were editing it. Yes. And has, has J.K. Simmons ever been young? I don't think so. He had a proper beer belly in this one, though. Mm -hmm. I got really mad at this movie though because at one point he leans over to reach for a donut and it's like a Krispy Kreme box of donuts and, and then he like, gets mad that someone's taken the eclair he's like, or sorry, eclair as he says it he does, doesn't he? eclair he, I feel like he's not actually doing much of an accent but he does say eclair in that really southern way <laughs> he does, yeah um, and I'm like, damn it, I want a donut or an eclair now. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't even had breakfast at that point I was starving <laughs> oh, I love a good donut um mm. 
Yeah, three out of ten. Um, you're much better off watching the 2015 film, The Gift, uh, which oh, that's a good movie. Is starring Jason Bateman and is also starring and directed by oh, Joe Legend. Thank you. And yeah, I actually I heard him say his name recently, and I was like, that's how you pronounce it. I've been saying Edgerton for like ever. I've gone fifty fifty every time I've said it up until uh, until I found out for sure. It's Edgerton, yeah. No, yeah. I was doing it wrong, but Edgerton just sounded right in my head. Oh well. Uh, that's, that's not a, a perfect movie. It's not a perfect movie, but it's actually it got more impressive the more it went on. It did a really neat thing, I think, about halfway yes. through that I, I thought. And was it was really never laughable. I still don't remember it being laughable. No, no. I, I saw it once in the theaters. It's been a while now, but yeah, yeah. But I, it's it's like I said, it's not perfect, but it's good. I enjoyed it. Can you believe worth Ke- watching? Keanu Reeves was in this a year after the Matrix came out. This was this is one year later. He obviously agreed to this before he thought the Matrix would be a hit. <laughs> they were probably all excited to work with Raimi. He's, he's dropping the N-word in this right after the Matrix. Yeah, yeah. Although, bizarrely, as like an ultra-weight cast, there's actually no... There's no one for him to call that. He, he just has to make a comment. Yeah, yeah, he says, oh, you know, you're as bad as... Yeah. I can't remember what the other thing he threw in. It was two things. It yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, an end. Uh, th- th- I mean, th- I mean, I'll give them this. It told me exactly who this asshole was within the first like five lines. That was of like his first scene. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I see what we're doing with this guy. Yes, yes. Oh well, that's the gift. It was not a gift to watch, unfortunately. I can't believe they voted for this. <laughs> Out of all the Keanu movies, movies we could have watched, this is what we got. <sighs> Yeah, I'm actually really mad. Destination when then when <laughs> that looked like yeah, you know, you know, we were talking about Keanu at the start being kind of that that awkward mm-hmm. wooden chari- charisma. That looks perfect for that movie. Yeah, an awkward romance where he's too nervous to talk to her. Yeah, 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 yeah they're kind of it. both a bit dicks to each other. Yes, for the record, that person Keanu seems like one of the nicest people in Hollywood. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Well, I shouldn't say in peril, I never met him, but you know, like, you know. By by all accounts, yes. he is a wonderful human. From everything I've heard, he seems like a lovely fellow. Uh, yes. But he's been in better movies than this one. <laughs> he damn has. As has most one of the people. One of them this month. I've not even seen it yet, but I'll put my reputation on it. Well, the fourth one's got a date already, so we better get on that. And, a t- and the TV show, kind of. Uh, in yeah. a roundabout way, because that's coming before the movie. Yeah, yeah. But John Wick's not going to be in the TV show. The TV show is... Yeah, maybe they'll cameo. Maybe they'll. He, he, yeah, he might have a, a first or last episode thing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's go, John Wick's better. Just go watch John Wick <laughs> on repeat instead of ever watch. If you if you ever find yourself going, if I should watch the gift, just go and put John Wick on again. And uh, no, hey, I watched Speed fairly recently. I still think that holds up for for what it is. I still think the Matrix holds up. Gift. No, yeah, I, I watched the Matrix a couple of years ago. That held up. Actually, better than I remembered because I, you know, it had been a while and in my head I was like, eh, this is probably not that good anymore. Do you want to know why it holds up better than you remember? Because you're so far removed from having seen the sequels now that you can just enjoy it on its own. I think that helps. Naturally, I didn't watch the sequels of course this time. I just went, I'll watch one and I'll enjoy a damn fine movie. Of course. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm sure me and Tara will do Matrix on, on the Ace at some point. Yeah. Uh, and She can suffer through the other two. 
<laughs> there was a conversation not too long ago where Connor was upset he didn't get to do Terminator 1 and 2 because it's going to be on the A's and then I reminded him that it also meant doing 3, 4 and 5 and he's like yeah, you know what yeah that's alright I'll just opt out of that uh, to be honest I wouldn't mind watching th- I, can, I can get through 3 I can get through it I don't hate it it's not yes, a good movie I don't but... hate it 4 I did hate and 5 I never actually saw so any excuse not to have to ah, that may be the next thing with JK Simmons and I watch so I uh, <laughs> look forward to that later in the year um, but yes that has been the gift this has been 121 in flux uh, do let us know what you think of the movie in the comments below like and subscribe all that stuff get us on the twitters at mail.com underscore fudge for channel updates if you want to support the show and everything we do here you can have it at patreon.com slash tv where you can support us for as little as a dollar per month and for that one dollar you get these these influx episodes a week early you get a bonus episode of the ace that i've been talking about yeah you get a bonus episode of screams after midnight that we've been talking about and you get a 90 minute show give or take every month starting just this past month where me and Connor just sit down and talk for like 90 minutes and we don't have a plan or a script or a topic. We, ju- we, ju- we just chat some shit for a bit. Yeah. yeah maybe maybe yeah. I'll come up with some like topics, just random topics that we can... Just, just in case. We can use in, in case of emergencies where Connor stops being interesting. Yeah, <laughs> as if yeah. he ever started. It might happen eventually. Yes. Yeah. Um, and obviously if you go to the, the $5 tier you get to vote on making us watch a, a movie every month. The, the like gift apparently is, is what... You can watch, you can vote to make us suffer, it seems. But you get to do two things. You get to vote uh, on a movie once per month, as you, as you all also get to do for, for Screams and Ace. Uh, but you also get to add movies to the vault. And the all shows have a thing like this as well, where it's like a, it's like a to-do list of movies where you get to submit films to. The list itself is public, but patrons at the $5 tier get to add films to it. And then every so often we'll pick one to watch and do a review of, or we'll maybe put four of those into the, the vote for the month. Yeah, Every so often we'll get YouTube comments going, hey, do this movie, do that movie. And maybe we'll do those movies eventually, but priority goes to anything that's in the vault. Yeah, there's, there's too much to do. Uh, so it's a way of prioritizing a little yeah. bit. Um when we don't have like an idea for something we want to do so uh go have a look see uh, but otherwise that is us and yeah i've mentioned the other movie shows but i'll just to reiterate uh the ace the atomic Sun experiment is a sci-fi movie podcast and screams after midnight is a horror movie podcast it's a lot like this but with specific genres and people that are better than car <laughs> so <laughs> thank you very much for watching oh, oh, oh i i will take umbrage with that tim is not better than me <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Tim likes the boy. That's the most compelling argument you could have given me. <laughs> That's the most compelling argument you could have given me. Uh, that is what I was thank you once again for watching. Listen, we always appreciate it. Keep watching movies, guys. We'll see you next time. And if you can get it, it's always nice to have diplomatic immunity.